was pretty neat actually at the at the monastery where where I studied. I was at the seminary, but the there were monks that ran the seminary, and they they would pray mass every day, and it was a public mass, so there would be plenty of people for mass, and they would always say brothers and sisters. But for their divine office, they they would only say brothers, and even if there were other presents, they were they would say brothers because they were yeah just very intentional about that. So even in, in the confidior, I. I confess, etc. So I ask you, my brothers, to pray for me to the Lord our God. And there, yeah, there's some, something to that, right? The a fraternal, fraternal sense, a fraternal spirit. Of course, we can have strong relationships with, with women as well, and especially husbands and wives with each other, but there can also be chaste friendships with their proper boundaries and so forth. But there's something unique about fraternal friendship, brotherly friendship. That's something that... that we're invited into. And this, in a sense, reflects the love of the Trinity right? between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Of course, they're not brothers per se, but this, this, this type of bond, we're, we're invited into that. And you know, the feminists would not like to hear this, but God became not a woman, but a man. God became a man. Jesus is man. And there's a particular way that we are invited into this relationship with God as men. We can be one with Jesus, who is man. Yes, women can be one with God as well, of course. But there's something unique here. We can be men. We can be united to God as men. This is one reason why we can't have women priests, because Jesus is man. So when Jesus says, this is my body... He's saying, it included in that, it's, this is my male body. And the priest is there in the person of Christ, saying, this is my body, this is, which includes, included in it, this is my male body. Of course, it would be very awkward if we started saying at Mass, this is my male body. But that's included in there. So I hope we see this as men, that we are invited into a unity with God that is particular to us. And it's unfortunate that religion is oftentimes seen as primarily for women. That women, that there are more women in churches, more women even in parish offices oftentimes, more women leading ministries. And we're grateful for that, that, that there are people that are doing those things. Okay, praise God. But why aren't there more men? This isn't a competition, but it does show that there's something missing in the church if there aren't more men all in. Not just all in in doing lots of things. We don't want to be busybodies, as St. Paul says. And maybe, maybe the reason why we're not in the church is because we're taking care of our families. That's a wonderful reason. If somebody were, if I were in a leadership position in a parish and a husband of five, seven, ten young kids came to me and said, I want to run, I want to be your, I want to run your, your whatever ministry. I would challenge that probably. I would say, wait a second, how, do, how are you putting food on the table and spending time with your wife and your children while at the same time spending 20 hours a week at church? Okay, so maybe that's the reason. But regardless of what the level of activity of business, busyness is in the church, we can ask ourselves, why? We can ask ourselves, am I all in? 
Am I all in? Have I given my entire life, my entire life to God? Have I done this? And there is the initial moment of self-gift, self-donation, self-surrender, repentance, conversion. Jesus, I'll give you my life. And then there is the daily growth in that. Okay, five years ago I said that I would give Jesus my whole life. But now I'm noticing that I'm not really willing to give up Netflix movies each night. I'll give God 90% of my life. Okay, I'll give, I've noticed that 10 years ago I gave God my whole life, but I'm not really willing to give up sports, televised sports. My, better said, my attachment to sports. Sure, we can watch sports. There's a proper time and a place for that. We can do it in moderation. can build community, all that. Okay. Am I attached to sports? Am I willing to give that attachment to God? Drinking, flirting with other women, sleeping in. Okay, and then we get to to an underlying layer. Am I willing to give my fears to God, my insecurities, my weaknesses, our sense of self-reliance? Am I willing to give that to God? This is what the Lord invites us to do. Not because He doesn't want us to live our lives, but because He loves us so much that He knows that His life lived in us is infinitely better than we trying to live our own lives by ourselves. And so we get to this place of King Solomon. King Solomon, the successor of David, being a mere youth, not knowing at all how to act, comes to God not to ask for how to build a kingdom, not to ask for how to be happy, not to ask how to uproot his vices. All of these things would be fine, especially if he's a king, he's going to carry out his duty. But no, he says, give your, your servant, therefore, an understanding heart. Give your servant an understanding heart. With an understanding heart, we can know how to judge right from wrong, how to govern people, as he says, as he needs to do for his duties. But more than that, we can know how to love God and how to love neighbor. And maybe even more than that, we can learn how to receive God's love. With an understanding heart, we can learn to receive God's love. So as we go forward in this Mass and in this day, brothers, let us ask the Lord for this, for an understanding heart receive God's love because yes where we fall where we sin where we're weak his love abides his grace abides
Let us ask him. Lord, give us understanding hearts to judge what is right from wrong, to know how to love others, how to love you, and most importantly, how to receive your love. 